So, John, why this desire to be recognized as the first indigenous group in South Africa? Of what significance is that? It's not a desire, Sakina. Um, it is a right. It is the right thing to do because, um, as I've shown you as well, I've been on radios, on national radio stations uh, before this, and uh, we now be able, we're now in a position to take it back in terms of DNA that then proves that the Koi and the San people, or let me rather say the San and then the Koi people, and in particular my own DNA. Um, I've done my DNA, I went, I did a test, and my DNA shows that I'm L0, and L0 shows that we, are, we have the oldest lineage, um, not just in South Africa, but in the whole world. Uh, that dates back to 150,000 to 170,000 years. Now, if that is the case, then, I mean, it's not even an ambition. It's, not, it's something that we have to do because in South Africa, that has not been acknowledged. And uh, so, therefore, we are saying that we need to, because in the Constitution, it does not acknowledge the San and the Khoi people as the first indigenous people. Because, you see, there's, there's this thing of indigenous uh, and the definition of indigenous because they've been branded around and things. And the idea or the notion is that all Africans are indigenous. Yes, we don't have a problem with that. All Africans are indigenous to Africa. But when we come to South Africa, not all Africans are indigenous to South Africa. And the San and the Khoi people are the first indigenous people of South Africa. And there, we can't, we can't argue against that. So what is the nub of the matter? What do you actually want? Yeah, so we want that recognition. In, even in the preamble of the Constitution. And then once we have that, because then it acknowledges that we were the first, we are the first indigenous people of South Africa, and then it means the land then belongs to the Khoi and the San people, and it then means any, everything and anything on the land and below the land then belongs to the San and the Khoi people, because uh, the mineral wealth, the minerals, etc., um, the theft, basically, I mean, the president spoke about land that has been stolen, etc. and things. But from whom? You know, we need to get back to that. Whom? Whose land was stolen? From whom was the land stolen? So we need to begin to look at that. We need to look at the mineral wealth or the wealth of the country, the diamonds, for argument's sake, that was stolen, basically, from our people, uh, the gold. Uh, and then it built Europe. It built the Americas. It built America is the... Um, the most prominent, most economic, viable country in the world, etc. And they were the most powerful country in the world. Where did all their the wealth come from? Where did it, it came from here, from South Africa, you know? And it's our minerals, our land, and that's been stolen from us. If there's theft that has taken place, theft has taken place against us and from us. So they're stolen from us, the San Lakoi people. So what do you want to happen in 2016? Yeah. We have um, we've marched to the Human Rights Commission, and we've requested them. Uh, we've, we've laid a complaint, etc. We, we, we submitted a memorandum, and in the memorandum we requested uh, recognition of the San Nkoi people as the first people. We have then requested um, the issue around our languages, that our languages need to be recognised because you see, if you take the constitution. Uh, the constitution speaks. There's only one part in the constitution, and that's in the preamble. Uh, I think it's uh, section six that speaks about languages. And it says there that the languages of the San, the Khoi, and the Nama needs to be promoted uh, as well. 21 years down the line, not much has happened. Nothing has happened. If you listen to 
to the, the, the recording that you have played. And uh, Dr. Monareng from Penn South, the Penn South African Language Board, he confirmed that, that nothing has been done in terms of the promotion of those languages. So we are saying 2016, if it's possible that um, Parliament can amend the Constitution to give recognition to the San Nkoi people as the first indigenous people of South Africa, we'll be happy with that. And then obviously then a whole range of other things will come, come to the fore, issues of language. Because if you reintroduce the languages in our schools and our children start speaking the San and the Khoi languages, then you'll find that the children then start begin to understand the culture because language culture goes together. And so there's been cultural genocide. There's been uh, language genocide. Uh, there's been genocide in terms of our land, properties, etc. So if that happens, then I think we're moving in the right direction. And what about the other languages, the Greek, the Korana and others? Because part of the issue here for me is trying to understand who exactly this group represents. Yeah. Um, initially, you see, when we say Khoi San, we're supposed to basically say San Khoi because the Khoi comes from the San. Uh, and then under the Khoi Khoi groups, you then have the groups called the Griqua, the Nama, Namakwa, um, Giriqua, Korakwa, Koranas, etc. But what we have done, what has happened in 1997-98, Tata Madiba, may soul rest in peace, um, called a few of the leadership because the Griquas went and they approached Tata Madiba. And they said to him, listen here, man, we have not participated in the Kodesa process as a group, you know, as the San and the Khoi people or as the first indigenous people. And therefore, there are some concerns amongst our people. So we are not being recognized. We're not part of traditional leaders. So what, what's going on, you know? And Tata said to them, listen, I've received some people as well here from other groups, call themselves the Namas, they call themselves the San, they call themselves whatever. And so you guys go and you come together and um, you then tell us who you are, etc., etc. what's happening. So what then happened was they then went and they said um, they then agreed among themselves that there'll be five major groupings. And the five major groupings, it's the San, it's the Griqua, it's the Nama, it's the Korana, and it's what we call the Khoi Khoi or the Cape Khoi. They call it the Cape Khoi. And so those are the five groups. And that then came together. They came together as uh, the National Khoi and San Council. And since 1998, 97, 98, they've been then uh, operating as the National Coins and Council, and uh, government has been liaising with them in terms of uh, various issues. You know, uh, they're not recognised constitutionally. They're not recognised uh, as a legislative body, um, so they don't have all those rights. So government is basically bringing the National Coins and Council together uh, just to raise issues around what they call the National Traditional Affairs Bill, for argument's sake, um, issues around. Um, the claims, land claims uh, prior to 1913 and exceptions to the land policy, uh, and also um, in terms of indigenous knowledge systems, uh, etc., and things around your rooibos, rooibos, honeybush, etc., those kinds of things. But government then only pays for transport and for um, conference fee, uh, venues, etc., and things. That's all. And then, they, But other than that, nothing, no, no stipends, they're not recognized, sort of, and things. So that uh, is the group, and they, those are the five main groups then within the San and the Khoi uh, people or the Khoi San. So what have been identified as some of the stumbling blocks to that recognition, at least at a traditional leader's level? Um, personally, I think there's the issue of, because if you go and you give recognition to the San and Khoi as the first indigenous people, then obviously then all the other things that I spoke about will then come to the fore. And I think um, there are people 
uh, in South Africa who are not genuine, who are not honest about the true history of this country, uh, and also, and everybody knows that. People know it. Um, who are the first, the uh, uh, first indigenous people of South Africa? But what they are doing is that they'd like to cling on to this kind of thing where they don't give recognition to the sun and koi because then you can come and bring the constitution and then people can be in power, people can own the land, um, you can have traditional affairs, you can give traditional leadership um, and not acknowledge the fact that the sun and the koi people are also there. They're supposed to be part of that. And uh, so, so, so those are the kind. I, th- I think it's greed. If you ask me, it's greed. It's um, the lies that has been told, the distortion of the history, etc. But it's all just to, to keep the sun and koi people quiet. Um, you've asked the question, are we marginalized? That is the greatest form of marginalization. Uh, because we have not been given that kind of recognition. One one part of the constitution speaks about a koi, the sun, and the nama, and that is with regard to languages. 21 years down the line, nothing has happened in terms of promotion of the languages uh, of the koi and the sun people. Now, if that is the case, it's a constitutional obligation. It hasn't happened. Now, can you imagine something that is not even in the constitution? How will we de- get that kind of recognition? So therefore, uh, th- those are the challenges. Those are the issues. There's a reason why we are saying we are marginalized. Mm. Um, people will come here and talk about we also have the rights uh, in the Constitution, etc. and things. Those rights, those basic human rights are there for everybody. Yes, we agree. But prior to that, you know, in the CODESA process, we were not part of the CODESA process. If you look at it, tra- traditional leaders were part of that. Um, the Zulu people and Guni people, groups and things, they were part of uh, drafting and crafting the constitution. And hence the reason why you find a national uh, house of traditional leaders. So they are covered, they are protected, and their rights are protected. Where's ours? Where's the sun and the koi people so, in so, that so process? So why did that happen though? Where, where were the sun and the koi people at that time? Yeah. Or is this something that you just belatedly woke up to? Yeah. No, not necessarily. I mean, we've been around, we've been there before. But what has happened when people were invited and the groups were invited to participate at Kodesa, what happened was they took the so-called colored parties and colored people, uh, like the Labour Party, for argument's sake, um, representing colored people sort of in the tricameral parliament, etc. They took um, people like, um, with all due respect to people like Trevor Manuel and then Paolo Jordan and them, and those are the people that were seen to be speaking on behalf of so-called of colored people, and basically people were then saying colored people represent probably the Koi and the San people or the Griquas or the Namas, etc. And that is essentially what has happened. It's uh, beyond after 1990 when we realized that even because we thought we, things were, we were covered in terms of the basic human rights in the, constitutional, in the Constitution, but then we realized that not much is happening because we've been labeled or classified as colored and yet we are not colored. We are the first people, the first indigenous people of South Africa. So where do colored people fit into this? Yeah. Um, you know, as I said to you, that uh, we, we, as a Gauteng Koi and Sun Council, what we have said is when we, when we looked at the Koi and the Sun people, we said we, we're moving from the premise of 4.6 million people uh, in terms of the last census, uh, 2011 census, which, which indicated there are 4.6 million people uh, classified as colored. And we said all those 4.6 million people classified as colored in the population register. Those are the people that we are going to work for and we are going to fight for, sort of. But then we found that um, as we tagged along, that a whole lot of people 
uh, labeled as colored or classified as colored, then some of them indicated they are not Khoisan. They are colored. Because, like for arguments, like you have Trevor Noah, who indicated that he knows where he comes from. Um, and he said that his father, I think, is Swiss or Swedish, and his mother is uh, either Zulu or Tswana, I don't know. But uh, th- he comes from there, and mm-hmm. therefore he knows. He comes, he's a colored or he's whatever things, you know. He calls himself, he said, calls himself a colored. But the thing race. is, yes, but if he goes, that's the, in the last 100 to 200 years. But if he goes and he does a DNA test, I can tell you it might turn out to be different, you know. And uh, so those are the people. So there are some people who could be classified as colored. But what has happened here, Sakina, is that we have been forced, we have been this colored label and this colored identity has been forced upon us. Um, I mean, at some point, uh, uh, the cleric's wife indicated that um, we are vomit, you know, we are whatever things, we are nothing, you know, whatever set up and things. And those are the things that's colored, you know. And th- that has been the perception all the years that colored people comes from a mixture of either uh, an African or Bantu-speaking person and a white person, sort of, or Indian or vice versa, whether it's uh, wife and husband, whatever things, you know, and that is it. But we have now, DNA is proven now, that the majority of people who are classified as colored in the population register are, in fact, when they do the DNA and things, they find that they are basically Khoi and San and they are the indigenous people, which goes back to about 150 to 170,000 years. Do you consider yourself black? Um, well, African, um, because I am from Africa, you know, and uh, there is this issue of black and white, etc. Mm. Things, but there's also the brown people, you know, and um, but I'm African, I'm a brown African, and uh, so there is this debate about there's black and white, so there's only black and white, you know, but we don't have to accept that because if we are the first indigenous people of the world and we are brown, then it means the first people of the world were brown. Because when did black come in and when did white come in? And who did that? So the colonialists came with us and they then um, decided there's black and there's white. And and that's been the issue. Part of the marginalization process is this thing of us being in between. Because if you look at me, I'm not pitch black and I am not um, lily white. Uh, So therefore, yeah, I am. I'm, what am I, you know, sort of and things. So therefore, I am in between, and that's part of the marginalization. That, uh, and people then changed it and said that because we are of mixed race, they called us mixed race, you know, mm. and it's not really so. because we, And that's not true because we are the first indigenous people. As uh, you can see from my DNA, I've, I've given you a copy of it there. It's, there. it's there, not a copy, but I've given you the original. It's there, you know, in front of you.